joining us on the call. We've got USC Athletic Director Mike Bone, head football coach Clay Helton, and our, uh, one of our team physicians, Dr. Seth Gamrat, who is from Keck Medicine of USC and is USC's representative on the uh, Pac-12's COVID me uh, Medical Advisory Committee. Uh, what our format will be today is, uh, most of you know Jordan Moore, who is our host of Trojans Live Radio Show and our social media director. He's going to conduct a uh, discussion um, with the three participants for about 10-15 minutes. Then uh, we will segue and take questions from the media for another 10-15 minutes. Uh, when that is done, uh, we will bring on two players. We have quarterback Keaton Slovis and safety Talanoa Hupanga similar format. Jordan will do some questions uh, and then we'll take a few questions from the media. Um, again, I've muted everybody. I'm going to uh, record this um, meeting. Uh, you, you're also free to record it. Um, we will, uh, again, if you have questions when we do the Q&A, please raise your hand. Uh, I'll call on you and I'll call on YouTube. So uh, with that, Jordan, thanks for taking the time to moderate this, and I'll turn it over to you. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks to all our panelists for uh, giving us some time this afternoon. I know everyone has a lot of questions, so I'll try to get through mine and then uh, give, give the media plenty of time to talk to uh, to uh, Mike, uh, Coach, and Dr. Gamrat. Uh, Mike, uh, why don't we start with you? Uh, I guess the, the short answer, short question, maybe probably long answer, is, is how, did, how did we get here? How did we arrive at, uh, at, at yesterday's uh, decision? Thank you, Jordan. Uh, I think that, that in the end, it was really about an incredible amount of uh, connection to our medical team. And I'm thrilled that, that Dr. Gamrat is with us today because uh, that group of professionals, along with uh, our athletic directors and the uh, coaches and so many members of the Pac-12 Conference app, office staff, their passion, commitment, and professionalism uh, could, could not have been stronger. And uh, I think the coaches in the Pac-12 conference, in my view, was aligned, united, and committed to uh, the sport of football like I've never seen before. And my hat's off to all of them. And uh, they were respectful of each other. They represented all the different views. Uh, there was never any judgment. And, and I think that leadership, that uh, type of uh, uh collaboration and passion for football emanated obviously through the ADs, the conference office, and ultimately the CEOs and chancellors that represent the chancellors and the presidents of the league. And uh, uh, I think that's why as much as we are still sick to our stomach today and, and so troubled and disappointed in the results yesterday, that in the end, uh, we just had some incredible people that really were in the trenches helping us uh, get through this. Coach, uh, yesterday I'm sure w was not an easy day to address your team. It sounds like you had a, did have a team meeting at some point. What, what was that conversation like with your players and, and, and uh, what was their response? Uh, yeah, you, you know, the first thing, Jordan, was just to be empathetic to the situation. Um, you know, uh, we're all disappointed and sad and I'm disappointed and sad for our players and coaches for um, you know, the amount of hard work that they put in in preparation for a season. Uh, sad for our, our student 
population that's having to deal with a pandemic and and it interfering with the college experience right now and what they're having to deal with. And um, I even told him I'm a father of a 17 year old uh, that's uh, heartbroken right now because he's not getting to play a, a junior football season, fall football season. Um, but when you look at it through a father's eyes uh, and you garner the information medically um, and see, not only do you have to respect that information, but you got to support the decisions that are based behind it. Um, and that's what our team has done um, is they know that uh, based on the medical information we have, which I explained to them yesterday and took them through point by point uh, so they could understand and be educated. In it. Um, and, and then I told them I was proud of them. I asked them, you know, I asked them from March all the way until yesterday uh, that we were on a mission um, and that we wanted to separate ourselves by our, our discipline, our, our dedication to our craft, and, and the work that we put in uh, each and every day. And they did that, both staff and players. Uh, and now that mission has been changed. You know, in the military, uh, you, you get uh, tasked with a mission, and sometimes conditions aren't right to execute that mission, and it gets altered. And what do you do? You continue to prepare. You continue to train because uh, you know that mission's coming, and you've got to be prepared for it. Um, and I was so proud of them. You know, they woke up today, 630, uh, and uh, we're right back out there preparing for the next opportunity, uh, whenever that might be. But just really uh, empathetic to them, uh, proud for them, uh, uh, understanding of, of people's disappointment, but also knowing that this is the right decision uh, when you put uh, the health and safety of student athletes first and make that your priority. Dr. Gamrat, before we get into the, the findings of the committee, can you just sort of uh, explain the, the, the Pac-12 Medical Advisory Committee, their role in this process, and, and, and what your role was within that? Yeah, so I'm part of the Pac-12 Student Health and Wellbeing Initiative Board, basically a representative from each school that um, we meet uh, at least quarterly uh, every year talking about the health and well-being of our athletes, be it orthopedic injuries, uh, mental health, uh, medical, and general medical um, issues for their athletes. Uh, since March, since the epidemic, we've met uh, twice weekly about COVID. And I never thought I would become an expert about a virus, but I feel like with all the discussions that we have, um, I've become one. And we not only had our 12 board members, but we had a group of epidemiologists, infectious disease experts from across the conference, cardiologists from across the conference, and we all came together as a group to study this illness. And so our plan, and we had a great plan um, that we came up with over the spring and summer, was based on um, the cornerstone of weekly testing. So every athlete gets tested every week. Uh, anyone who becomes symptomatic gets tested. And then anyone who has a close contact of someone who becomes positive gets tested. Well, that was based on two assumptions. So the first assumption, number one, would be that we would be dealing with a decreasing caseload here in the Pac-12 footprint. And then assumption number two was that uh, COVID-19 is a relatively benign illness for our student athletes. And so uh, the three things that we that sort of changed uh, first, um, number one, the caseload 
became higher in the Pac-12 footprint, particularly in Los Angeles and in Arizona, um, making our testing plan uh, for, for weekly testing perhaps not as uh, robust as what we thought. And then the second thing is that perhaps the COVID may not be as benign for these student athletes as we initially uh, thought and the uncertainty around that uh, kind of changed the opinion of the board over the last few weeks. Going back to you, Mike, um, you know, you said in your statement yesterday that uh, you thought the talking to the spring and uh, spring athletes and the, the winter athletes who are in their postseason competition was, was going to be the most painful day uh, of your career. And, and now you, you had to double down on that uh, just yesterday. So why don't you take us through your day, your interaction uh, with, with student athletes and, and uh, you know, ha having to address them and, and, and lead them into to where you know, all their programs are going. Well, again, I think that that when you think of uh, our coaches and our staff and our student athletes, everybody that, that touches their experience here at USC, they're all critical. So our day really broke down to thinking, okay, we started out with a, an early morning meeting, trying to ascertain uh, exactly where we were in preparation of the CEO uh, call at 11. And then uh, obviously that call uh, and the input from our medical professionals. But before that, we spent a lot of time trying to prepare to make sure we have all of our information ready to go to our student athletes, a, a, a video of the results that would be ready for them, a message uh, to our staff, a message to our coaches, text, emails, uh, as I mentioned, a, a personal video. I just felt like all of our constituents deserved that. And we wanted to make sure that they knew how much they meant to us and uh, how this process was going to unfold. And then obviously communicating with the conference office uh, on the timing of their piece and how that changed. And then having the basketball element really become a surprise. And, uh, you know, we had really hoped that we would have a little bit more time in the day to put it together. But the decision was going to came out that it was going to be out by one. And so all of a sudden you're in a, in a, crisis mode of trying to do everything you can to ensure that you can touch base with everybody in at least one of those pieces. I mean, uh, uh, again, I think that was so important for us to try and for me to try and get information, particularly to our athletes, first before they started seeing reports on ESPN or any other media outlet that they follow. So it was just a, a sense of working our plan, but then having to adjust based on different developments associated with the entire fall being postponed until January 1st for every single sport at USC. Yeah, Coach, as, uh, as, as Mike mentions, it's, it's, it's obviously not just football, so you have some, some company here uh, with some of, the, of your fellow coaches, uh, but, but how do you plan to, to move forward? What does the next four or five months uh, look like for, for your program? Yeah, you know, one, I'd like to thank Mike and Dr. Carol Fulton for the resources that they've provided all 21 sports. Let's start there, not since March, uh, being able to provide all the services from strength equipment to nutrition uh, to rehab services to academic services. Uh, and as we came back onto campus, those were just amplified. Uh, I mean, this environment that we're in right now, being able to train, I think, is second to none in the country uh, of what's going on. So. One, I'm thankful for them that it, that has happened, but also that it's it's being allowed to continue and allow them to continue to train because you, you got to look and you got to try to shift your calendar. You, you know, right now, 
uh, as a conference, uh, we've we've made the decision uh, to not have any sports till January one. So you shift your calendar, not knowing what the future holds, but you have to be prepared uh, if and when uh, a season does take place. Um, so our calendar is being worked at right now through coaches, strength and conditioning, medicine, our training staff, um, to be able to put an off, basically a new off-season calendar together that can focus on, we got about two weeks left to, to get in true physical shape. I think we'll be in great shape. Uh, we'll work on some off-season uh, speed and explosiveness in the month of September. October would be a main strength block for us. Uh, you go into November and you start working uh, your conditioning and functional football movement, and you see where you are in, in December and what the and what the future holds and where we are, and not only at USC but worldly. Uh, but uh, that's what you have to do. You have to prepare. You have to have a plan. Put it in place. Prepare for if you're called upon. Uh, and our kids, uh, I'm proud of them. Uh, they were there this morning uh, in preparation for that next step. Dr. Gamray, you sort of alluded to this, that along this process, uh, the, the goalposts had moved a little bit on you. Uh, initially, there were logistical concerns about, you know, what would you do if, if players who got the virus, but you had to quarantine them, and, and how would you play the games? But but mostly you weren't necessarily worried about their long-term health. You were more maybe worried about the coaches or or some of the older people that are around the program. But it, it seems that there's been a shift, particularly around the heart issues. Can you, can you take us deeper into, into you know, what the science has told you and, and uh, explain that further? Well, the, the problem with this virus is that it's a very, it's a very new thing. And, and every week we learn more about it. And um, everything points to this being a benign illness in the young people, in the collegiate age group, especially in the elite athletes. Uh, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, there have been some cases that have cropped up around the country of uh, athletes who've had COVID and recovered who have been noted to have myocarditis. Myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscle that can come after a flu illness or after a cold illness uh, we don't really know the mechanism by which uh, COVID-19 provokes it, um, but that can place the heart at risk in the future. And so there have been some cases that have cropped up in the Big Ten and the Big 12, Major League Baseball, there's a case in Indiana, and you start hearing about these cases, and that gives uh, me a little bit of pause, because what I want to be able to give is a guarantee to those parents that are sending their uh, young men uh, for us to take care of that, hey, what we're doing is safe for you. And so we've had some COVID-positive patients. Every week we release our, our, uh, our COVID results to the media. And uh, all of our athletes that have tested positive have received an echocardiogram, an EKG, and a lab test that tests for myocarditis, and they've all been, all been negative. Um, and in addition, we're probably one of the only schools in the country that requires a cardiology clearance uh, prior to any participation for every single sport. And so we really take this, this uh, very seriously at USC. But right now, the myocarditis issue, I can't give you more information than that. It's very new. It's every week we'll learn more about it. And I know we'll know more in January about how to keep these athletes safe than we do today. Well, uh, Mike, what, what 
this next four to five months look like uh, for the athletic department mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and certainly in, in, in some sort of preparation for what hopefully will be a, a busy spring? Well, I just spent time today uh, with our staff. We also have a webinar tonight with our student athletes and our parents, which uh, gives you an idea of our commitment to communicating with, with every constituent, but no one's more important than our athletes and, and trying to ensure that they understand our commitment to where we're going. But uh, right, it, it's about continuing to grow and build and, and do everything we can to be prepared for January 1st and uh, be prepared across 21 sports which is a heavy lift. And uh, I talked to our staff this afternoon about the importance of uh, uh, everything we can do to support our student athletes academically, physically, mentally, and uh, prepare them to get through this major shift in their life. I think Clay talked about it well. I mean, this is uh, a completely different experience than they're used to or what they expected. But again, we have incredible doctors and staff and mental health experts and trainers and facilities people and our coaches that are deeply committed to these young men and women. So uh, I know it sounds optimistic, but uh, I really believe we're going to come out of this stronger. And, and I, in a lot of ways, I, I just believe that the adversity and the collaboration and the teamwork that is being put together is going to allow us to uh, solidify our student athlete commitment and the ability long-term for us to grow. And uh, uh, I really believe that our commitment to our student-athletes is going to shine in the recruiting process. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to engage our donors and so many other people that are critical to helping our enterprise grow. Last one for me, Coach, and then I'll open it up to the media. Um, you know, if the doctors do give the green light come January 1, uh, how viable uh, do you think a spring football season is? You know, I, I still think, Jordan, there's a lot of questions out there. Um, that, and I don't have all the answers, but, you know, the things that are going to come up are, you know, where are we in the world? Where are we with the infection rate? Where are we with testing and being able to shift more to an NFL model and being able to do multiple tests, if not test uh, every day uh, to ensure safety? Uh, where are we with the study of the heart and the damage that this virus has, has done to it? Um, how long is the season? Uh, and and when does that season end? And is that enough time between not only that season and the fall? This is a fast and violent sport that we play. Um, the one thing that I am thankful for and I'm appreciative of um, is that uh, I'm in a conference uh, that listens, uh, respects, and supports the decisions uh, that come down from our medical advisory committee and a, and a group of presidents um, that, and, and universities that put the health and safety of the student athlete first, and, you know. So, as a coach, you prepare, you prepare your team uh, for the opportunity uh, if that comes about. Um, but also, uh, we're going to have to see where we are come to, come Jan one, and if it's a viable option, and where are we with this uh, in the world? Go ahead, Tim. Okay, thanks, Jordan, for doing that. Uh, uh, for the media, if you either raise your hand. Throw a question in the chat. Uh, we'll take a few questions uh, from all of you. Let me close uh, a few of these for you here. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Karchi, uh, let me unmute you. 
Okay, go ahead. Hey guys, thanks for doing this. Uh, questions for Seth. I know Clay just touched a little bit on uh, any sort of health and safety concerns that come along with the spring season. Uh, from your perspective, what are the biggest concerns as to delaying this season and potentially doing it in the spring, whether it be the virus or even just physically, whether players are able to do potentially two seasons in a calendar year? Well, it, it, as an orthopedic surgeon, uh, I certainly, it gives me a little bit of pause to play two football seasons in a, in a calendar year. But um, it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't mean that it can't be done. Uh, but that's going to be a decision that will be made um, in conjunction with our players, um, in conjunction with, with Coach Helton, of the athletic departments, and, and, you know, across the conferences that have postponed the season. And so I think it's, it'll be a global uh, reckoning, if you will, if it makes sense to play in the spring. I think it's too soon to, it's too soon to start talking about what happened uh, yesterday is so fresh. And Clay, if I can follow up really quickly, uh, there's been a lot of speculation about if there was a spring season, if players would opt out, especially ones that could potentially join the draft. Is that something you're preparing for, just looking ahead to, to the spring? Uh, we actually discussed it last night, right? Uh, you know, as we've dealt with 2020, we've had some of the harder conversations <laughs> in, in my career uh, over several subjects. But the, the one thing that uh, I take refuge in is, is just honest and frank communications. Our players respect it. Um, and so we're always have open conversations. And I, and I told them last night, I said, guys, the future is unknown. And the one thing that I always give advice to everybody, whether you play a fall season or the situation that we're in, is take your time. You know, uh, take your time and garner all information so you can make the best decision for yourself personally. Because each, each person has their own decision to make. But if you take the time, don't make an emotional decision. Because, uh, you know, as emotion goes up, sometimes intelligence goes down. Garner all information. See where see where we are as a whole uh, in college football. See where we are uh, from a, a, from an NFL calendar. Whether we have a spring season or not, be able to garner all the information and then make the best decision for yourself. And like I told them, each and every year uh, I sit down with the players that have that are blessed enough to be able to you know maybe move on to the NFL. Uh, we have those discussions as a family. Uh, and I think we've made great decisions together, uh, both uh, for the ones that have left and the ones that have stayed. And we'll do the same thing in, in this situation. And just honest, clarity, transparent, uh, providing them information and allowing them to make the best decision for themselves, each and every man. Ryan Young, you're, uh, you're unmuted. You're next. Yep, uh, Mike, uh, building off the comments from Clay and Seth, and, and thank you guys for your time in doing this. Mike, from your talks with the Pac-12 leaders, can you give us a sense for what the optimism level actually is for a spring season? Just, I, I know there's unknowns and we acknowledge that, but going through this process, what kind of optimism was conveyed among the group that this is even a, a possibility in play? Well, I think the, the most positive thing that came out of yesterday is certainty. And I, I believe that uh, every single time I talk to Clay, from uh, March 11th, uh, uh, when we lost the basketball season, 
it, it was so difficult to give him any clarity associated with what we were doing, how we were going to do it, the constant changes from the directives from the uh, state, from the county, sometimes from the Pac-12, sometimes the NCAA. It just was so troubling to not be able to give him really the the exact plan and what was permissible and uh, you know different changes from the medical group new information on testing new information on all those different pieces was really frustrating for everybody to include myself and I think the best thing that came out was was clarity rather than continuing to say hey we might play in October we didn't play in November now it's like hey we know that if it can happen on January 1st, then that's when we're gonna be able to put it together. So until we learn more that we don't have optimism, uh, we believe in hope. And uh, I know that Clay and his coaches believe in giving up players hope. And uh, I'm uh, a firm believer that uh, until we have additional information, there's no reason for us not to be optimistic. Antonio, you're unmuted, you're next. Play, just how much thought have you given to you know, roster management and scholarship numbers now that everything kind of seems like? Yeah, you know, Antonio, there, there's still a lot of information that comes into play, and, and part of being a head coach is that roster management. Um, and uh, there'll be decisions from, as we know, from the NCAA over the next uh, week, I think by next Friday, uh, they'll they'll address the, uh, the eligibility uh, uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be talked about and answered uh, hopefully by next Friday. Um, and then you have decisions, uh, you know, of each man, uh, whether they will return uh, or, or not. And that and that's their decision. Uh, we, I would love to have everybody <laughs> be a part of this family and go help us win the championship. But some of them uh, may have NFL aspirations. Some of them will may be graduated and want to move on. But we're going to work through each man and, and support each man in his decision. Um, and then, um, you know, you probably will have, uh, you know, based on what the NCAA comes up with, you may have some alterations. The NCAA may give you additional roster spots, you know, like we saw in spring. So, um, you know, a little bit, it's still out there. Um, I, I still see us uh, being able to sign a full allotment this year. Uh, they on our numbers, um, and uh, and we'll take it day by day. Uh, but my main priority right now uh, is our football team, uh, making sure that they're healthy, um, both mentally and physically, making sure that I address their concerns and questions about the future, and being helping and help them guide them through. Uh, you know what's what's been probably uh, very unusual circumstances for any student athlete ever. You know, so um, trying to play father to be honest with you. And part of that is, is working through each man and, and the numbers will work out. Um, they always do. Thanks for that question. Uh, Kyle, Bonagura, you're open. Yeah, this question is for Dr. Gamrat. We've seen other medical advisory groups come to a different conclusion um, than the one you guys settled on. And I'm just curious what you feel like the factors were that those groups might have looked at to ultimately, you know, end up going in a different direction. Well, I think, you know, I think part of it is we have a lot of COVID in the Pac-12 footprint. And so it makes it pretty challenging to test enough because it logistically it makes it hard to test in a tri traveling party of 
200 people every single day uh, to make it happen. And there's no bubble situation that you can do in college football. And so I think that though the other conferences, uh, and, I, and I wish them well, I, I hope that the cardiac issue turns out to be overblown, but we don't know that information. And that uncertainty is what uh, causes us to give it to give to give pause meaning that if this cardiac issue turns out to be a big issue for for kids who've had covid then this will prove to be a very very good decision and uh our athletes health and well-being is first and foremost in in our mind in this decision adam crossguard yeah, thank you guys for doing this today. Uh, Mike, today Utah projected 50 to $60 million in losses because of the postponement to the spring. Have you any gauge of just what type of impact there will be financially at USC? I think that range is, is, uh, is pretty accurate. Um, uh, obviously, at, at USC, the football enterprise represents a 80 to 85 percent of our revenue and uh obviously the donations that are tied to that are factored into that as well so uh um you know but back to the january 1st piece if, if by then uh, if uh, uh what our doctors are telling us and what some of the projections are as uh, dr gamrat has talked about who knows we may be able to be in a different environment and be able to potentially have fans in the stand so uh obviously that's why uh we're going to continue to support our student athletes and do everything we can to be prepared to, to uh, uh, manage the changes that are, that are going to be coming down the road. And uh, I believe it's 142 days until January 1st. Sam Arslanian. Yeah, uh, Mike, you know, one other question with this is having all those uh, sports overlapping in the spring, the fact that there's so many sports that share fields, uh, what are the logistics of having 21 sports all at once starting up uh, you know, early January or February? Well, obviously it's significant. I mean, for those of you that have been in our training rooms and imagine uh, Dr. Damrat and uh, John Broadhead and, and uh, those trainers trying to manage uh, 21 sports between that facility and obviously the one over in, uh, in uh, uh, the basketball arena. So I mean, you start thinking about time of practice field space. You start thinking of how you're feeding them all uh, and all within social distancing and all the protocols that are put in place and all the testing. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the Galen Center has some wonderful amenities that can help take some of the pressure off, but not all of it. And uh, then you start thinking of uh, all the student athletes uh, associated with the uh, uh support academically and their tutors and uh, uh, all the different elements associated with that rehab i mean uh i'm looking at at, at uh, dr damrad right now on the screen i'm thinking okay how in the heck is he going to manage all those athletes coming in for rehab and and uh pre-practice uh treatment post i mean it's going to be a a big challenge and i when i was with the staff this afternoon i expressed that to our coaches and the entire staff that it's going to take some patience, it's going to take some creativity, 
Uh, it's obviously going to involve some early morning practices, some at night, and everything in between. And trying to figure out again how we do all that while maintaining our commitment to social distancing. And I think that's why the athletes that were with us were so inspiring to us. Uh, and I, I really have to give Clay and his staff for the masterful job they did because uh, our testing results speak for themselves. And the way that the training staff and the uh, uh, coaching staff and the strength and conditioning staff managed the uh, commitment to those protocols with masks and social distancing was, was impressive. And I think that's something we can take great pride in. And I know that our campus has taken a very serious approach to all those different commitments to masks and social distancing and testing uh, with the uh, campus having some parts open, opening here soon. And so uh, I think that's critical, but it is going to be a Herculean uh, task for us. Can you do a couple more questions for this group? Then we'll bring the players, uh, Kurt Sandoval. Uh, thanks, Tim. Hey, I appreciate everybody involved in this. Clay, I, I have great respect for what you said. Uh, you kind of putting on the father cap. It's such a polarizing topic. Uh, my kind of two-part question is, A, do you find yourself talking to parents to say, no, it really isn't safe, or are you getting some pushback? And, and B, are you concerned that if some of the other major conferences do play, that all of a sudden you're going to have kids wanting to transfer? Well, I've always taken the approach, and I know I've said this many times, I've got three children by birth. I have 110 uh, adopted sons, uh, and that's the way I look at it, through a father's eyes. And uh, I must respect and I must support medical professionals that are a lot smarter than me when they say it's not the right time. I mean, when you look at nine, uh, nine of the 12 Pac-12 cities right now, their infection rate, five are uncontrollable rates, and four are uh, excessively dangerous rates, uh, as described. Um, and you look at uh, the ability to be able to get testing for everybody across the board on multiple levels um, uh, across all 12 schools where they can test daily, as well as learning this more about the, the heart defect that could come from this. Um, we're not in a situation right now uh, where that's an option. Uh, when you look at it through those eyes um, and, and you look at it through a father's eyes, um, you know, I, I told our team, you know, obviously everybody on this call knows I'm a Christian. And uh, I literally uh, talked to our team last night about the book of James when it says, you know, there's going to be trials and tribulations in our life. God is going to give us that. Um, but consider it joy um, because it's going to make you steadfast and it's going to make you the most complete version of yourself. And we're going to come out of this stronger as a team and more resilient as a team. And the individuals that are here, these players, it's going to make them stronger for the rest of their life that be able to have to deal with adversity like this and, and fight our way through it together. You know, and I look forward. I, I'm so appreciative to Mike. I mean, his immediate reaction was, hey, we got to get all our parents uh, on the webinar. We're doing that tonight. You know, uh, communication is key in this and being able to answer questions, whether it's media, whether it's parents, whether it's players, having open, honest conversations. Uh, that's what family does. And that's what we're doing. And I'm very appreciative that Mike has, has given us those platforms to do that. Uh, Molly Knight, you had a question from earlier. Yeah, this question is for a coach and also for Mike. You guys obviously have talked about how hard this is uh, mentally and emotionally for these guys, these kids who have worked so hard. 
um, to, to get ready for this season. I'm just wondering, um, what, what are you guys doing to address the uh, mental health aspect of, of how difficult this pandemic has been for them? Yeah, yeah I, I don't mind starting off by uh, I'm dealing. One, uh, we are with, uh, uh, we as a coaching staff are here with our players as well as our strength and conditioning staff, as well as our training staff on a daily basis, which is the first thing, being able to be out there with them on the field on a daily basis and being able to, to be able to have conversations with them and listen to their questions. You know, one of the, the biggest things for young people, 18 to 21 years old, is the unknown and the anxiety and the anxiousness that be, that's able to come, that comes with that. You know, so to be able to have those individual conversations, I've always thought the greatest gift you can give somebody uh, is your time. And we're giving them their time. But we also, I'm thankful, extremely thankful uh, that we are, are here at USC and, and have uh, mental health experts that are, that are specifically for our athletic program. Robert Schofield and her department has not only helped us through situations like these, but the entire year of 2020 and every year that I've been here for the last 10 years, that resource has been immense for our student athletes over my entire decade here at USC. So one, we do have the resources, we do have, we do offer them, but also, you know, we're leaning on each other right now, the coaches and players, and we're there for them. So I hope that answers your question. Moreover, I think that having a nationally recognized mental health uh, program and the fact that we're bolstering that staff even further uh, along with a, a commitment from Clay and, and all of our coaches to figure out a way to provide new models for our athletes to work out, how we feed them, uh, different uh, activities for them to engage in while they're here on campus will all be a part of that solution. So we will be throwing ideas uh to our athletes, asking them for feedback and recommendations and everybody that can come up with it. Because I'm a big believer, as Clay says, with the number of kids that he's got uh, by birth and also the, the his additional 110, is you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. So if we have an unhappy student athlete, we're not going to rest easy. So we're going to do everything we can to ensure that our student athletes feel good about what we're doing. So we'll, we'll continue with our weekly wellness checks. Uh, with every single student athlete and that's what we've done since the outbreak started and we'll continue with that as I said we do not want any student athlete having any additional pressures or challenges that uh, they really don't need to have take one question out of the chat from Alicia Diotola uh, for Clay uh, how much of a worry are transfers and you know if the Pac-12 is taking steps to address that issue um, you, you know Right now, uh, I don't feel uh, that being an issue. Um, we'll deal with it if it comes up. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you, this is a really tight-knit group. Um, uh, it's really a brotherhood and, and a family, and, and I think that's what's uh, disappointing and sad to us because uh, uh, we know that not only uh, were we a very good team walking into the, this fall season, uh, but a really a team that was bonded really well. Um, and, you know, we have to stay strong together. Um, could there be adversity with, with gentlemen making um, some decisions, um, whether it's NFL 
or considering other places. Yeah, there might there might be, and we'll handle each one individually. Um, but all I can tell you is uh, all, that team showed up this morning with the best attitude I have ever seen. And, and I was the most proud head coach and father you could possibly imagine this morning to watch them work. Um, so I'm not feeling it right now, but it's become part of college football. It really has. Is everybody trying to find their right situation for them? And we've dealt with each one individually, and we'll continue uh, continue to do that. But I, I don't feel that personally right now. You know, we have more questions for, for this group, but uh, interest of time and the players have been on for a few minutes waiting. We're going to thank Mike and Clay and Dr. Gamrat and uh, bring Jordan back on. Uh, we have uh, Keaton Slovis and Talanoa Fufunga. Uh, I believe you're both unmuted, um, so you can uh, participate that way. Mike, Clay, Dr. Gamrat, you're welcome to stay and listen or, or you're welcome to, to take off. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Everybody stay healthy and safe. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Appreciate it, Coach. All right, guys. Uh, appreciate Keaton and Talanoa joining us. Uh, certainly uh, tough times for these guys, and we feel for them um, and, and all the uncertainty that they've gone through. So, uh, Keaton, can I just start with you? Uh, just, just sort of give me gut reaction, man. What, what was your gut reaction yesterday uh, on here in the news? Yeah, I mean, it's something that, you know, unfortunately kind of saw coming from, you know, a bit away a few, I think, a week ago, kind of um, just not being able to, with all the restrictions still in place, we knew it wasn't looking good um, with our season kind of being in jeopardy. And then yesterday, just to have it, you know, be solidified was really, really tough to see. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of weird being at, at lifting uh, after the news broke on, on Tuesday. But, you know, today... Uh, really proud of our guys and our team just coming into work and, uh, you know, just trying to control what we can control. And, um, you know, it does, does no good kind of looking back and, um, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves. we got we got goals and, and aspirations for where we want to be as a team. So uh, we got got to work to achieve those and um, do our best to, to be ready whenever the next opportunity to play football is. Talano, what was your initial reaction? Uh, you know, definitely uh... – you know, it's, it, it kind of took us, you know, and put us in a state of, you know, hurt. You know, as, a, as the players, we, we love the game and we, we love to play. And I think Keaton said it best, you can control what you can control. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, I was just proud of our guys as well uh, as a safety unit uh, showing up this morning and doing our best just to get uh, get our strength training in and our conditioning in and trying to uh, ultimately do our best to uh, keep our goals uh, in sight. So. Uh, Keaton, I mean, as best as you can, give us sort of the reaction of uh, of your teammates as, as sort of the whole. I mean, the guys that have been together all summer and have been working towards the goal, and uh, the goal sort of got kicked down the road a little bit. Right. I think I think they're they're pretty similar. They fall in line with uh, what me and Talanoa kind of how we kind of felt. You know, yesterday again, my lifting group yesterday was at I think two fifteen. Um, I don't know when Talanoa was, but um, again, that was right after the decision was made, and you know, again, we all kind of thought it was it was coming to a head at some point but it, it was really sad to see that um you know we knew we, that we were not gonna be able to play anymore but again um you know like i said we we kind of really proud of my teammates for having that mindset of you know just coming out and, and you know not coming out and pouting about it because there's nothing no no that doesn't anyone doesn't doesn't do anyone any good so um again just really proud of those guys for coming out and working and um having a good attitude Talanoa players uh, around the country have, have come out and uh, talked about 
player safety and wanting to make sure that uh, they were taken care of. Uh, for, for the workouts that you've been around and then what you have experienced so far, um, you know, this summer, how do you feel like uh, you guys have been taken care of from a health and safety protocol standpoint? Uh, I'll describe it, describe it in two words, at the highest level. I think our coaches have done a great job of you know, protecting us and putting the precautions and uh, different things that we have to do just to be able to get into the building, be able to get out of the building and have the baskets and social distancing. You get used to wearing a mask. It's just part of the game and part of what we what is what is going on in uh, our current state. Uh, and we go out there each and every day with the mindset uh, just to do our best. You know, we really want to have our goals. Like I said, we have our goals in sight. And uh, you know, even in a situation right now where a season is still kind of pushed back, that we got to even put our put a foot on the throttle even more. Uh, get to work and just do our best, just to uh, uh, do the best training we can. Keaton, you're, you're obviously a guy that everyone's going to look to, uh, you know, you're the quarterback of this team. Um, you know, what is your message to sort of keeping this tight-knit group going forward? Uh, Coach Helton said that you know, this, this team is really bonded, um, but there will be many opportunities maybe along the way to sort of have that bond broken. How, how do you keep this, this group together so that when, when the opportunity comes, you guys are ready uh, to, to take it? I think just staying focused on our goals and, and our aspirations, you know, I think we have a really talented group and a, a really, really great team. But we have a long ways to go if we want to go win the national championship, and that's our goal. So I think um, just staying driven and, and achieving those goals and um, staying together and holding each other accountable is the way to do that. Yeah, Telano, I think that's a great word that Keaton used, accountable. And I feel like whenever you're able to really come back, this sort of all comes down to accountability to your teammates to because you know if you don't keep yourself safe, ultimately you know you're going to harm others and maybe the greater goal what's that conversation been like in the locker room obviously the the covid tests that have been released the numbers have been really good it seems like you guys are doing a great job so what's that message and conversation been like uh you know it's been a, a, a big part of what we do and accountability and he said it great you know accountable is what we uh, what we preach especially in the db core uh we all have partners we have a we have an accountability partner to make sure we wake up and we're on time and we're you know we're ready to go each and every day so you're accountable to one person you're able to if everybody has and does their job then everybody shows up and so when you know like i said we're taking care of at the highest level so at the end of the day you know i feel very comfortable and our teammates feel very comfortable uh doing what we do best on the field last one keaton i want, I want to give to you before we open it up to the media and that's just you know a reminder you guys are students and you're going to begin classes here again no <laughs> What have the challenges been like trying to be an online uh, student? Uh, I know, I know, my six-year-old is struggling with it. I'm sure it's uh, not easy for, for, for you guys either, and, and, and that relationship with SAS and, and, and everyone uh, you're trying to help you there because uh, you know uh, going through this the academic side is, is going to be just as big a challenge. Yeah, I don't think anyone likes sitting in front of a computer for multiple hours at a time. But um, hats off to our professors and, and all our tutors and SAS um, staff members for just supporting us in all, all facets of you know our education again it's 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 a little bit of an adjustment but they're doing everything they can to to accommodate us and i'm really thankful for that tim go ahead okay uh same uh thing here for the media uh just raise your hand or throw something in the chat we'll try to get to as many as we can in a minute uh sam leslinium yeah. Uh, so Talano, obviously this kind of was going to be a really big year for you to improve your draft stock. Um, you know, if you chose to go 
uh, to the NFL after this year. I mean, what is your kind of reaction to how you're going to prepare for you know, going to that next level now? Uh, you know, that's a tough question for me to answer right now because, you know, I'm, I'm really big in living in the moment and living in the, uh, the present and, you know, doing what coaches are, are uh, providing us with, just, you know, being able to train. So, you know, that's that's a discussion down the road uh, with our coaches and our, and our family and my family as well. Uh, but like I said, I would like to say that for a different time and focus on the present and hopefully at the mid time, uh, just get ready for our season. Uh, Kurt Sandoval, uh, let me go ahead. Hey guys, um, if you could just both give me uh, your thoughts on, obviously you were supposed to open against Alabama this year. How difficult would it be to sit there not playing and watching them playing uh, on a Saturday in the fall? I mean, it would be tough, obviously. You know, you want to be out there, but um, – if they they end up having having their season, we wish them nothing but the best. Um, just like us, they're college athletes, and you know we, I think we want all of them to succeed. Um, and again, we, we, I kind of might envy them a little bit being out there, but um, we wish nothing nothing but the best for, for these, those other conferences and those student athletes playing there. I think you said it right. You know, we we love football. This is this is why we're here, and this is what we do. And ultimately, just being able to watch football and even learn, even from a different perspective, I think is just as good. Uh, so, you know, we wish them nothing but the best of luck. But at the end of the day, if we can learn from them too and see how things are going, hopefully we can have a, make a decision how, how things proceed from there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Benjamin Gottlieb, you're open. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you so much uh, to you guys for, for doing this today. Uh, I'm really curious what the conversations have been like amongst the players. I mean, what have you guys been saying to each other? Uh, what has been – how have you guys been getting through this as a group? What have you guys been talking about? Uh, ultimately, we just, I guess, group chats, you know, a lot of us, you know, can't really do a lot of uh, hanging out, going to somebody else's apartment and playing video games, you know, a lot of the social distancing, our coaches preach it, and at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to do our best just to keep each and every one of us safe, uh, learning through meetings and whatnot, we're trying to do, do our best, uh, it's a tough, tough time, no doubt, and our, and our players handling it well, like I said, people are showing up and doing their best in the training, and, and ultimately, we're just trying to move and improve towards our uh, was our goals, uh, as Keaton said, yeah, at the end of the day, that's just what we're trying, trying to accomplish. And just to add on to that, I think the, the most difficult thing about this entire process and this entire, um, you know, um, the regulations we have to deal with is we, we don't see the entire team. We don't, we don't go in the locker room. We don't have those same interactions that we're not used to. So communication is definitely a lot more difficult. It's a lot more limited. Um, but again, you have to make the most of, of that. Um, you know, your lifting group is probably a small fraction of what it usually is. You're only seeing a quarter of the team that, um, that you're used to. So again, it, it uh, really gives you a new new kind of um, appreciation for being around those guys all the time. And uh, you know, I'm just just kind of waiting for that opportunity to get back in the locker room. Mark Calkin. Um, thanks, Tim. Thanks, guys, for uh, for doing this. Real quick question for for both of you: your, your immediate thoughts on the potentially playing two seasons in one calendar year? Uh, you know, I thought I had that question asked me today. Uh, it's a great question. It, 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 on a lot of uncertainty and what's going on and what what is going to happen. Uh, but how how I saw it is a lot. How I see it is a lot like spring ball. You know, you go through in spring ball. There's no joke when when we're around the coach. Tell him he's gonna make sure we're. We're taking care of those 15 practices are going to be 15 practices. And we're going to make sure that that's like 15 games when you think about it. And ultimately, we're trying to do our best just to get ready for a season. Uh, but two seasons in a year is definitely going to be tough on our body. 
Uh, but I haven't seen nothing that we haven't that we haven't done. I think coaches put us in a great uh, position just to gain experience from that in the past, and hopefully we can move forward and maybe use those tactics just to uh, continue to keep on playing. Ryan Karchi. Hi, guys. I know you talked about how how safe you you guys have felt on campus, but even before you got to campus, it, did either of you ever have any sort of brush with the virus, anyone you knew, or, or just just generally had to, to deal with the consequences of, of what it had brought? I think coming from Arizona, I was definitely um, concerned when that became kind of a hot spot, um, just with, with the spread of that and, you know, knowing that friends and, and extended family were getting it. But again, um, I think we've been doing a great job here, and, and luckily I don't think anyone um, that I know here since I've been here has gotten it. Um, so again, just very thankful for the cost of take. Uh, you know, for me uh, personally, I, I live on a farm, so uh, I think that's as much social distancing as you can get. So uh, being back home is, was actually a lot different than being here, for sure. Uh, very isolated in a sense. <laughs> and if I could follow up really quick, uh, obviously there was a lot of talk among Pac-12 players about, uh, you know, with the UR hashtag we are united group and that we want to play group as well uh just talking about the potential of unionizing and college players organizing uh how do you guys generally feel about about that possibility or, or where do you stand in terms of advocating for that in the future you know it was, it was really really um i think exciting to see players across the country kind of use their voice and platform uh to benefit you know other student athletes um, again i think it's a, it's a really complex issue and I think that's uh, when we had our, our meetings as a team talking about it, that's the biggest thing I kind of brought up was there's a lot of things that um, are brought up to, to this um, in, in those demands, and there's a lot of different things. Um, it's very complex. So, um, again, I, I think some some form of that is, is beneficial. I think there's some things that, um, you know, need further discussion. But, again, I, I'm proud to see um, other NCAA athletes kind of use their voice in their platform. Okay, we had promised the players we'd let them go by four o'clock. I'm going to give you three extra minutes to, to save. Uh, thank you guys both for participating. You did a great job. Uh, to all the media people, uh, thank you for jumping on here. I, I know we didn't get everybody's question in, but we tried to get as many as we could. Uh, we miss seeing you guys. We hope we can get together sooner than later. Uh, please stay healthy. Please stay safe. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys.